So we are, as we're recording this, dear listeners, it is the quarantine times. Um, and that means my sleep schedule's been really messed up. And that means I've been making a lot of questionable Netflix decisions, including, oh. so there's a show called, I think it's called like A Letter for the King. Okay. I watched that. So it is like a generic fantasy show, very, you know, swords, sorcery, chosen one, all of that stuff. But what it actually is, it is a show um, where the creators were cowards because the main <laughs> character of this show should be a hyper-intelligent horse. It is instead a teenage boy. God. What? <laughs> However. God, I know. Oh, my God. I know. God. That horse. Wait, so, what are we? What? So this show, I... A Letter for the King, it starts out teen boy he's the chosen one whatever uh-huh. this bi- old knight is dying and is like take my horse and the horse is like i'm here it's just a horse normal horse just a regular horse and the kid's like well okay and he gets on the horse and the horse rides off and it's like the horse knows where to go and the horse immediately runs off a cliff what, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love that horse. <laughs> he runs off a cliff. Straight, straight off a cliff. The first, first episode ends with the horse emerging from the water like, ha, I've survived. The boy is nowhere to be found. What? what? Second episode starts with the horse finding the boy yep. down river. And <laughs> continues every single episode. This horse rescues this boy. But wait, no, no, no I'm sorry. Knows where to You're go. saying the horse rescues the boy. But did yes. the horse not immediately try to murder the boy as okay. soon as... So that's yes. actually... That's this a running a theme. deeply unhealthy relationship. It's like the horse is constantly trying to kill people, but also begrudgingly saving their lives. Okay, what like, is this show called? I need to more, watch this. I think it's called like A Letter for the King, but right. yeah, more than one time during this show, the horse saves someone by jumping into bodies of water with its rider in tow. Literally? Uh, um, <laughs> like, it's... There are so many times where I'm like, this horse should be dead, but like, it just is alive. It's like the most insane thing i literally episode one i was like okay so the horse is like a cursed prince and is secretly like a human being right no no just a horse they never just a explain horse. they never explain why this and this horse is like so clearly it's like it's the level of intelligence of like the horse from tangle i would argue more intelligent than that yeah the level is like a human adult like yeah <laughs> so but it's a horse it's a horse and like this horse is the one that's like evading the the pursuers. This horse is like, oh, I know someone in a nearby village that mm-hmm. can help us. The yes. horse the is horse the one stunts. who knows the person in this what? nearby village. How, there's how, literally there's literally a scene where like they're going somewhere and everybody's like, Where are you taking us, main character? And he's like, I'm not taking you anywhere. My horse is. <laughs> It's an amazing. I mean, the show itself is fine, but I have problems horse, actually with the end of the show. Uh, but oh, I haven't, I haven't gotten to the end of it yet. Um, you will also have problems. Noelle's with it. over there. I'm sure like, I will. A horse? Tell me more. <laughs> but it's worth it for the horse. I swear to God, the horse is, is so good. This that, is the show for me, and I'm so excited. Do you think the horse was originally intended to like talk or anything, or no? So okay, no. here's the thing. I don't think so, but there's literally moments where, like, this horse gives, like, such nuanced, like, <laughs> emotional reaction that it is as if a human person were there acting. Wait, it's wait, wait. It's not, like, it's not CGI. It's a horse. Okay, <laughs> so this is, like, a live horse that they are filming. Yes. 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 It's wild. Yeah. It's literally just a horse that has an incredible emotional range. Well, you've sold yeah. me. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> I love this horse. I, you guys, we got to stop recording. Like, I need to watch this 
<laughs> I stand Ardawan. Me too. Me mm. too, Kat. Wow, what a what a name. So speaking of horses, let's play D and D. Woo. is Kat. I'm your DM and I stand one hyper-intelligent horse. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Noelle. I play Fran, who is a level, what are we at? Nine now? I think so. Yeah, yeah you guys are getting level strong. Level nine. Yeah. Uh, Genasi wizard. And I will be silent for the remainder of the episode as I secretly watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Caitlin. I play Corbin, who is a also level nine um, human druid, and I have purposefully set Noelle up with her dream date. Uh, <laughs> it is the horse from A Letter for the King. Um, Ardawan, more like I have a hard one. You discussed me beyond reason. Oh my god, I'm reeling. I don't even know who I am anymore. Like, I was gonna introduce myself, but now. Now I just don't know. Uh, I think my name's I think my name's Hannah. I believe that I I once played Slake, uh, who is a level nine fighter. But honestly, it's it's all a blank. Sounds like you're really regretting your decision not to go to horse camp right now, huh, Slake? I've I've never seen a horse in my life, and I'm not entirely sure what they are. All right. Well, so last time you had a party. And it was lovely, and everybody enjoyed it, and nothing bad happened, and uh, Fran mm. and Phelan kissed. It was very <gasps> spicy. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, oh, my God. Everybody had a Sick. conversations with old friends and new friends, and uh, they danced, and we finally had Mary make some food for the town. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we remembered to do that. <laughs> well, well, actually, you didn't. I did. Yeah, I well, whatever. But it was our plan. Well, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you you guys had your party. Mary had a conversation with Farah on the wall. It was emotional, and then Torva summoned a dragon, and that was also emotional. Um, so that's where we're starting now, and the warning bells ring out across the city, calling the ragtag militia of Ilfra to arms. The thin, worn soldiers file up the city walls. Their jaws set. Their expressions grim. The dragon rounds on Torva, but he's ready for it, and catches its jaws in his hands, and as it shakes its head to shake him loose, he uses the momentum to swing himself up onto its neck. When it takes off, it charges toward the city, and its talons rake the golden dome. Mary gasps and staggers into your arms, Slake. And uh, Vesria yells, What is that?! what it looks like. <laughs> it's a dragon, idiot. You ever seen a dragon before? God. His eyes are like bugging out of his head as he looks at you, Corbin, and goes, have you seen a dragon? Physically? Just now. <laughs> and uh, Phelan ignores Vespria and turns to the four of you and uh, he says, Mary, she needs a tusk to strengthen the shield. And then he looks back toward the lake and the corpse of Bruva laying beside it, and he shakes his head. 
He shouldn't have been able to get Bruva out of the lake without Rove. I don't... I don't understand. I... And he looks back at you guys, and he looks lost for maybe the first time you've ever seen him. He looks like he has no idea what to do next. I I, I pat him on the shoulder and I say, welcome to the team. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, Mary signs, the tusk is, I left it in the palace, and uh, Phelan just disappears. Okay. And meanwhile, on the field in front of you, Torva's armies are moving into formation. The black and purple mass of uniforms reordering into battalions and legions, striking away tents and filing into pre-dug fortifications and trenches. What do you guys want to do? Um, so I think we want to send messages to all of our allies yeah. that are yeah. like, this is the time. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Mary, Mary fires off a couple of sendings. Um, and you receive information back that the Madrian and Danmari troops are close, but it's going to take them some time to organize and get into position. Um, so you will have to hold the city on your own for the time being. What about those fucking pirates? Well, yeah, what about the boars? And the orcs? They are ready. They are in position. Um, it won't take them long. The pirates have begun to make their way down river towards the city and towards the uh, the river that spills out into the Ilfra Valley. They will be there in a, just an hour or so. Meanwhile, the orcs and the boars are moving into position in the forest, ready for when the fighting starts. Okay. And as those messages come back, there is an arc of lightning overhead and Mary gasps as the lightning hits the shield and creates a branching web of cracks along its surface. Uh, the golden tears are now a steady stream down her face, and uh, she looks upward toward her shield, which she smooths another layer of magic over it, and the uh, the cracks fill in. And uh, Vespria looks between all of you, and he freaks out. Uh, oh, God. He, he looks at Mary and he says, well, what are you What are you waiting for? This is cracking. Shouldn't you be? You're powerful. You're all powerful. Shouldn't you don't be doing something? Don't talk to her right now. She's not don't, fucking. Don't say that to her. She's yeah. Go sit down. Yeah. Is, has, anybody, has anybody seen Olivia? Is Olivia Olivia? <laughs> Olivia comes up behind uh, Vespria and uh, she's like, oh, gen general, please just calm. Take a deep breath. And he says, no, no, this is not how the battle plans said it was. There was never a dragon in the battle plans. Uh, uh, this is all your, you are all terrible allies. As he does, the dragon flies overhead again and rakes the shield with its claws. Vespria screams and throws himself further to the ground and covers his head. Um, and above you, you see that these claw marks rake through the shield like soft clay. It doesn't quite break the surface, but there's a the big dent in the shield. So we're waiting for Phelan to come back with the tusk, right? I want to uh, lean down and to Olivia and, and offer out a hand and be like, he's fine. Uh, we, I think everybody else could actually really use your help right now. I think you'd be a really good leader. Olivia looks at you, it's like, and then down at the general, and she says, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I... Um, and as she's, uh, she's stuttering, Phelan appears again, his black smoky form materializing mid-run as he sort of slides into place in front of Mary, holding the tusk. He hands the tusk to Mary, and Vespria gets back up again. 
He goes, what are you doing, Lieutenant? Giving that back to her. Clearly, she's not doing anything. Oh, my God. Uh, I genuinely want to kill it. And Phelan looks at Vespria, and Vespria goes silent as he sees there is a very dark, strange look on Phelan's face. Oh, God. And Phelan makes eye contact with all of the soldiers standing around Vespria. Uh, And then... He takes a deep breath, and Vespria opens his mouth to say something else, but it doesn't come, as a knife appears in Phelan's hand, and then in Vespria's throat. Uh, what? And uh, the soldiers I didn't are all silent, and Phelan reaches down and grabs the sash that signifies Vespria as general of the Ilford army and hands it to Olivia. And he says, he was hit by an enemy projectile. Congratulations on your promotion, General Olivia. Uh, okay. Uh, I- Phelan, Fe- I mean, he's, he's a fucker, but like- That's really a liberal interpretation of deserved. Oh, God. We, 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 we could have just put him to sleep or something. <laughs> and uh, Phelan looks at you guys and he looks kind of confused. He says, all of his soldiers wanted him to die in battle. I, And then he shakes his head and looks away. Well. <laughs> oh. Well, I think we should probably talk about this at some point. Um, but for now, I guess we'll just move forward with things. I don't think he has a choice. Like, I think, I think this is, uh, this is God stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's, uh, Mary, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, Mary has sat down with the tusk in her hands. She takes a deep breath. And holds the tusk out in front of her. A new layer of gold shimmers over the cracks made by the dragon and the gouges and smooths the surface as though it was never there. Uh, Above you, the dragon spits another arc of lightning into the sky and Torva drives it downward. The enormous beast crashes into the shield and its claws drive another series of deep gouges into the light. Mary sends forth another wave of magic, aided by the tusk, but before it can repair the cracks, there is the boom of cannon fire, and the apparatus of destruction hurls balls of fire into the weakened points, and it punches through the shield, shattering it like glass. After the cannon fire come arrows, raining down on the Ilfran forces. They gather under their shields and into shelter, and only a few unlucky fall before Mary sends forth another wave of magic and patches the hole. But beads of golden sweat dot her face. And uh, Phelan looks outwards and says, We need to take care of those war machines. And then he looks back at the, the three of you and says, I'll take the ones he's moving in from the back of the army and keep them from getting closer. Can you three handle the ones on the lake and on the front line? We'll figure it out. Yep. We always do. We should move Mary somewhere safer, though. Mary shakes her head, and she signs, I'm staying here with the soldiers. They 
need some inspiration, I think. Can we get like a combat umbrella or something? <laughs> I think that's what the shield is like. And Mary uh, cradles the tusk under one arm and then she reaches out a hand. She grabs first Corbin's hand and then sort of like gathers up the rest of your hands into a, a hand holding yeah. in the center. Team building Aww. love. Fran, um, Fran is breathing really heavily, but she says, you ready for this, Slake? Sure, why not? <laughs> Mary smiles. She sort of adjusts her grip on the the tusk so she can sign with one hand. It's okay, Slake. You've already killed one god. You've got this. All of you, you've got this. I'll keep the city safe. We're ready. And uh, she's you can tell she's really trying to look confident. Oh, I really try to look confident back, and I say, well, obviously. I give a shaky smile. Corbin says, you're crazy, Mary, Mary. If anybody can do this shit, it's you. Mary shakes her head and signs, it's you. It's all of you. All right. Go out there. Let's defeat Torva. Yeah! I can't believe Mary called us crazy. Oh. <laughs> it really <laughs> I feel so powerful. <laughs> it means a lot. <laughs> and uh, Phelan puts a hand on your shoulder, Fran, and uh, he says, stay safe, okay? I'll see you on the other side. Uh, Fran kind of gives him like a long, puzzled look, but then she nods and says, you too. And uh, he hesitates. And then gives you a kiss and then disappears. Fran, Fran stays really still. Fran doesn't move a fucking muscle. Fran. Corbin's like Corbin's like ripping your shoulder and shaking it desperately. Fran, 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 how soft are the lips? There's a war on, Corbin, Francis. <laughs> Brady, shut the fuck up. Mary grabs her hand again, Fran, and she looks very deeply into your eyes, and then she signs with her free hand. We have more important things to do right now, but we are going to have a long discussion when this is over. <laughs> yeah, Fran, you don't get you don't get out of this one. Holy shit, Fran! <laughs> she doesn't move, but she says, pretty soft. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, I've never been more ready to kill a dragon. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so, let's talk about how things are going to work. Mm -hmm. um, I want to more or less ignore movement speed and the time it takes to take a turn. Turns are going to be however long we want them to be. They'll for take cinematic. as long as they have to. So, you, you will make attack rolls. Um, you'll roll to hit. If you hit, the amount of damage you do is how many you kill. How many soldiers you kill. Oh, Hell yeah. Okay. You are going to get one additional action at the end of each turn. You can either rally the troops. That'll be performance, persuasion, or intimidation. You can also do an arcana check for to rally. You can do a feat of strength, which is do a six stunt and make an athletics, acrobatics, or constitution check. Nice. Um, or read the battlefield, perception, survival, or a nature check. And I'm going to tell you right up front, there's going to be nine rounds of combat. So okay. at the end of each round, I am going to roll for Torva's troops and for the allied troops. Okay. If two out of three of you guys succeed on your bonus actions, mm -hmm. the uh, allies will have advantage on their roll. Be aware that the cumulative amount of 
roles is going to come into play at various points. It's not just a success failure. Okay. Um, having more successes early on is going to help you build more successes later. Ooh. Having a rougher start is going to make things a little bit harder. If you have six successful saves by the army, then you will win the battle. If you have six failures, you will lose. So does that all make sense? Yes. 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 So we, at the end of each of our turns, we get to rally, do a feat of strength, or read the battlefield mm-hmm. to yes. give advantage to our side. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So here's a, uh, so you guys run down the uh, city walls to, to the gates to get out onto the field. And uh, it's like, you don't notice as Darius crawls out of your little pocket and hops and, and like there's, Corbin, you see as Slake is running in front of you, you see Darius suspended in midair for a moment and then lands on your shoulder and uh, crawls around, but keeps keeps a little bit of distance away from your face. Yeah, my <laughs> mouth is open. But uh, whispers. I'm gnashing my teeth. <laughs> whispers. Enemy, make Darius big. Uh, Corbin closes his mouth tentatively and says, <laughs> Once again. We find ourselves in the side of a true Starius. <laughs> Make it big. Help Slake. All right. Jump. Jump, little guy. <laughs> and uh, Darius leaps off of you. And I cast giant insect on Darius. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And he becomes incredibly large. <laughs> Holy yes, shit. Yes, yes. All right. Yes. So, Slake, you behind you hear something big and heavy fall to the ground. <laughs> okay. I I turn around. Friend! No! Darius, help! Okay. Yes! Darius? Friend! Darius, help! Oh my... You're so big! Uh... Uh, Orvin, what did you do? I made Darius big. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he asked me to. Oh my god, that's incredible. There's a war on Fran. Cat, <laughs> where's Burger Jigger? Burger Jigger's been there the whole time. Okay. <laughs> Is Burger Jigger big enough for me to ride? No. If I make Burger Jigger big, can Corbin ride her? Yes. Okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cast Mage Armor on myself. All right. And I'm... Also going to cast invisibility on myself. Damn. After I've um, become invisible, I don't know where she is. Where is she, Corbin? Um, she's probably just like hopping around next to us, like on the ground. She's all puffed up. She's ready to fight. Okay. I touch her head, which I assume she hates, yeah. and I cast yeah, like- enlarge on her. <laughs> <laughs> so Fran is invisible at this point. Yeah. So Corbin, yes. you just see Burger Jigger get big. <laughs> yes. And then you hear disembodied laughter. Burger Jigger caws with the light and uh, stretches out her wings. Yes. She rounds on Giant Darius. I knew this would happen. <laughs> I run in front of Giant Darius to protect him. <laughs> and uh, Darius and Burger Jurger, they make eye contact. And then Burger Jurger nods once and turns away. <laughs> so anime. Oh, my God. Uh, Slake, are you on the back of Giant Darius? Yeah, I want to I climb up onto Darius. But I say, Fran, huh? if you can hear me. Of course I can uh, hear you. <laughs> could I have some of the chain? Um, I I pull out the chain 
and it, I, I appears out of thin air and I throw it to you. Nice. Okay. So I want to um I want to take my mace, well, or sorry, my morning star, I should say, and I want to use it and the chain to make a, a flail. Very cool. Fuck yes. I'm gonna cast guidance on everybody. Woo. Um nice. It's just a cantrip, uh, so it just lets you roll a d4 and add that number to one ability check of your choice. Are you prepared? Is there um, anything else you guys want to do? Feeling good? Think I'm good. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you shout up, and they call for them to open the gates for you so that you can get out. And... The five of you with Darius and Burger Jerger emerge from the city gates and onto the battlefield. In front of you is arrayed Torva's army, massive and stretching back through the Ilfrin Valley. To the south of you is Band Lake that once housed the god Bruva. Six ships are on the water, each with two apparatus of destruction on them, and they fire towards the city. Out across the sea of black and purple clad soldiers, you see other apparatus dotting the landscape, lit by the fire from their cannons as they point towards Mary's shield. I can take the the lake. Mm -hmm. I will take the sky. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, valid. And I'm, I mean, that leaves the ground. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's perfect. That's where beetles belong. As you slip out of the city, you hear a horn blast from the forest and dark shapes moving in the trees. There's another sound of the horn and boars pour forth from the trees, rushing Torva's front lines. Alden is there at the front, riding on Haria's back and blowing the signal horn. Then he stands on his animal companion's back and draws his bow, firing into the mass of soldiers. Behind the boars, orcs clad in leathery hides and the helms of slain monsters rush forward with weapons drawn. The sandstorm orcs, mounted on the back of their slaviers, the giant lizards that pull their sleds, leap over the line of boars, slicing down with their swords and axes. Alden stands on Haria's back as they draw close to the fighting and grabs his spear. Barkskin grows on his arms, chest, and face and he screams with fury as they crash into the mass of blood and steel, and he leaps from the boar's back and descends, spear point first into the fighting. Another volley of arrows descends in a black cloud from the top of the wall as the Ilfrin soldiers are finally pulled to order. Above you, the dragon roars, and another gout of lightning illuminates the battlefield. Let's roll some initiative. Holy shit. Okay. Well, I rolled a one, so... I also <laughs> rolled a one. <laughs> okay, well... 16. All right, so, Corbin, you're up first. What are you going to do? Fuck, okay. Um, well, I want to take off with Burger Jerker. We're going to fly. Then I think I'm going to try to take care of the coastal line so that the pirates can have an easier entry point. They're coming down the river. So you could... Oh, okay, then I'm going to go over... That's where I'm going to go, then. You're going to fly out to the apparatus by the river? Yes. Basically, between the four of us, we're covering all four sides of the yeah. battlefield. Okay. From atop Burger Jerger, I'm going to fly over the troops... And we're like constantly moving, so they can they can they want to volley those arrows, boys. Oh yeah, there's like a volley of arrows that comes towards you, Corbin. But you and and Burger Jerger dive yeah, underneath and and avoid the arrows. And 
there is a blast from the uh, the apparatus of destruction that you are targeting that also misses you as you dive towards it. Um, I'm going to take my cool spear. Mm-hmm. I'm going to point up at the sky. And from the tip of it, a giant storm cloud unfurls. And I call down an incredibly large bolt of lightning to strike this apparatus at the mouth of the river. Every creature within five feet of that point has to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, that is a 12. Yeah, they fail. <laughs> they fail. All right. Okay, so every creature takes 21 damage. Uh, all right. So, Corbin, you call down this big bolt of lightning and it strikes the apparatus and sparks fly everywhere as this metal machine is lit up by lightning and you fry all of its components. Yeah, buddy. And everybody around it, you just leave a scorched mark on the earth. Make your battle roll. Okay, I think I'm gonna inspire the troops around me by doing a six stunt. When we do this, are we allowed to like cast another spell or is it just, okay. And we Um, don't have to use spell slots on it? Nope. Because you're not actually going to be doing, like, damage or with it or anything. Okay, sure, okay, sure. okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. Um, okay. So I want to vault off of Burger Jerger's uh, wings as oh, we, yes. like, kill that thing. Yeah. And then with my spear out, I'm copying Alden because yeah. I won't let him look cooler than me. Uh, so <laughs> I jump off of Burger Jerger and I fall to the ground, um, casting Thunder Wave as I fall. So as I hit the ground, a bunch of men just like explode out from around me. It's 12. It's 12. Um, it looks very cool. It looks really sick. Nobody's around to see you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. So, Slake, it is your turn. You are setting out from the city. So, yeah, I want to ride up on Darius uh, with my flail a-swinging. And Mm -hmm. actually, the top one, the top apparatus. So you want to head towards the apparatus to the north of the front lines. Yes. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Darius being a big old beetle, I want to try and get him to um, climb up it and uh, topple it. I would say that it is it is about the same size as Darius, but they can engage in a tank versus beetle fight. Oh sweet, sweet. So, and then I was thinking too, on my way over there, I could take my two attacks. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. First one I fucked up, so let's go for a second. Uh, 18. That will hit. Are you hitting soldiers or are you hitting the apparatus? Hmm. Maybe I'll hit the apparatus first to try and give Darius some advantage on okay. toppling it. Okay, cool. So that is 10 damage. 10 damage to it. Okay, you smack this thing good and put a big dent in it. Okay, I guess I'll just roll. Yeah, I'll roll uh, attack for Darius. 18. All right, that will hit. Sweet. Um, So I think what Darius is going to do actually is Darius is kind of based on a Hercules beetle who have these big pincers up on their heads. Yes. So he's going to try and grab the apparatus as if it were a male, another male Hercules beetle and like <laughs> flip it. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, that's what he does. Yes! (laughs) Lifts this thing onto its back. And uh, when it does get flipped and its uh, weird crab legs are back in the air, a hatch in the bottom opens up. Somebody kicks it out and scrambles out from this thing and books it away. Nice. It's like, will you please make a dexterity roll for you and Darius? All right. 12. Is that for both of us? We'll say it's for both of you. Okay. You're attached right now. Okay. Um, that is not going to do it. Oh, and no. y- 
you and Darius are both hit by a blast of fire as the apparatus self-destructs. Oh, shit. Uh, and that is going to be oh, 15 damage as you and Darius are blown backwards by the blast. It also takes out a large number of Torva's troops. Nice. When it self-destructs. How do you want to use your battle roll? Okay. So learn something new, so that's cool. Not gonna get my my sweet sweet baby boy in range of those guys again. Uh, what I would like to do is approach the other apparatus that's nearest to me, the one that's immediately south. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, have Darius get me a little bit nearer to it. Mm-hmm. I want to jump off his back, and then I'd like to um, use my flail and throw mm-hmm. it to wrap around the like use it as like a grappling hook. Basically, yes. Okay, yeah, you could you could definitely like wrap it around the cannon. Okay, cool. All right, so this is gonna be a feat of strength. Yeah. Okay, so I rolled shit. I do have an ability to expend a superiority die and add it to the roll. Sure. That's a five, so that's only fifteen. All right. Uh, unfortunately, no, <laughs> you can add does... you can add guidance onto that. No, there you go. All right, cool. Yes, that's now sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> All right, you did it. It's it's a struggle, but you are able to leap onto the apparatus and ride the thing and the the orcs and the boars in the front line see you and are inspired by your act of badassery and heroism. Alright. Fran? Invisifran is is on the field. Um oh, fuck yeah. Fran is going to go get in the water of the lake. And as you uh, as you run past the lake, Fran, mm-hmm. you see uh, the remains of Bruva's mangled body on the lake shore. Fucked up. <laughs> Covered in sort of this silvery blood mm. everywhere. Well, I'm I'm gonna get in the lake and I swim under the apparatus that are on the lake. How many could I get in a 60-foot diameter? I would say you can get two. Two? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to cast Cone of Cold. So under the water, I look up and see the shadowy forms of the boats, and I gesture upwards in kind of like a swirling fashion, and then the swirls start to freeze, and they freeze up and up and up, and it expands, and they need to make a constitution saving throw. What is the constitution of a cannon? Eight. Okay, so they they fail. 36 damage. All right. From the surface of the lake, there is a bubbling. Mm-hmm. And the people on these boats nervously look over the side thinking, didn't Torva just kill the god that lives in this lake? Like, what the <laughs> hell is that? And then a cone of ice shards comes surging up from the water and catches two of the ships in its grasps and freezes them solid. Nice. Holy shit, that's four. Them and everybody on board. All right. And then I guess I have to figure out a rally. If if I'm doing Arcana, can that be like an illusion? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to cast Phantasmal Killer to emerge from my giant disc of ice that I've created. And so basically like the enemy troops will see their worst fear. Ooh, I love it. I love it. So I got 24. That'll do it. Uh, The soldiers on the shore and on the boats begin to scream, not in battle cries, but in fear as 
they see something truly awful emerge from this disc of ice. Some of them see many spiders. Mm -hmm. Some of them see their mothers. Some see Professor Snape. (laughs) Some see Professor Snape. Some see a Dementor. Some Some see see the full moon. moon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. Very cool. Very cool. So now we are going to have a battle roll. And because you guys got two out of three successes, we will give you advantage. And the good guys are going to roll with my murder dice. Oh, wow. That's the real advantage. Uh, All right. uh, So the boars and the orcs and the soldiers on the wall are rallied by your acts of heroism. You hear a rallying cry spill forth across the troops, and they've won this one. Hooray! (laughs) One down, one down. So, first round goes to the allied forces of Ilfrat. As they push forward into Torva's front lines, the fighting is bitter and bloody, but they push the troops away from the walls of Ilfrat. And you hear a earth rumbling roar come from the forest as the enormous form of Varahara appears from the trees. He stomps down with both of his hooves, and as he does, the muddy ground in front of the city cracks open and forms a trench to provide cover for the defenders. Oh, yes, Varahara! Yes! yes. Alright, now it is Corbin's turn. Corbin. Can I see the apparatus that is over to the west of me? From the ground, you can just see the top of it and the gout of flame that comes when it okay. fires onto the city. Um, so I'm going to call down lightning again, um, just okay. onto the top of that apparatus. It has to make a dexterity saving throw, right? Yes. God, not good. I am not rolling well today. You guys well, are very also, lucky. it's a good. giant tank. I can't imagine that it's that dexterous. That's <laughs> yeah. true. All right, it does not pass. It rolls an eight. 17. I'm going to say with 17 damage, you don't quite destroy this thing on the first try. So you hit this thing, it blackens the ground around it. People on all sides of it go rigid with electricity as the mud cakes their bodies and they fall dead. But the apparatus still swings its cannon toward you. And Corbin, will you please make a dexterity check? Fourteen. Eleven damage as you are you barely make it out of the way of the ball of fire that comes hurtling towards you. Okay. And uh, now please make your battle roll. I'm gonna cast uh, hallucinatory terrain, I think. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Oh yes. Um seventeen. Seventeen will do it. Hell yeah. So basically, I make all of the terrain in a 150-foot cube, like, kind of around me where Torva's, like, troops are, um, Mm -hmm. look like some other kind of terrain. So um, basically, I'm going to make them all think that the floor is lava. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So they all think that they are standing on incredibly hot lava right now. Oh, yes. You cause troops in the immediate area to flee as they- Try and get out of this hallucinatory lava. The apparatus swings its cannon around wildly as the operator inside is trying to figure out what is happening. There's lava outside. Is this thing lava proof? They don't know. And Slake, it's it's all you, babe. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking, I wanted to ask about the cannons, or not cannons, the apparatus. Um, yeah, they're cannons. Shape-wise? Squat thing with a cannon, but instead of treads, it has lots of, like, it has, like, eight legs. Legs. 
Okay, Lady cool, cool, spider cool. Ladies. <laughs> All right, and I'm on it right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking that I want to make a quick getaway from this thing after I smash it. Do a backflip. That's exactly. Well, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna roll for the flail. Let's see how it goes. Well, that's fine. That was my first attack. All right. Didn't work. I'll do my second attack. Twenty-seven to hit. Twenty-seven hits. All right. Okay, so that's eleven. And then I'm gonna. Um, I'll just have Darius smash some little little dudes with his big old pincers. So that's only six. So you put some dents into this thing, and uh, the operator of the apparatus climbs out from underneath the machine, leaving you on top of it as it begins its self-destruct sequence. Uh, Darius is snapping at the little guy that's coming out, can't get him in his pincers. And then the apparatus explodes. I'm going to have you make a dexterity check. I got a one. The dice, okay. the dice have betrayed you, Hannah. All right, that'll be 20 damage, Slake, as you are blown sky high. Damn it. Not again. You're blasting <laughs> off again. Indeed I am. On the bright side. On the bright side, you're in a position to do some sick flips. Yes, I can do some <laughs> sick flips, and it is my uh, my time to do a battle roll. Oh, my God, you guys. What? <laughs> It's a fucking 20. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Finally. God <laughs> is real. Okay, so I'm I'm blasting off, uh, but I regain some awareness and I do a sick flip. <laughs> and then I want to, as I'm crashing down, swing my mace like below me in a circular motion and just come down on folks like a like an upside down helicopter. It looks very cool. Hell and yeah. the uh, fighters on the front lines see you descend and see just the splatter of mud and earth that comes up in your wake. And then uh, there's Slake covered in gore and mud rising from this, like, small crater that they made. Hooray. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fran, you are up. Okay. So I think what I'm going to do is swim to the surface and... Yeah, I'll climb up onto my iceberg that I've created, and mm-hmm. I'm going to kneel down and thrust both my hands out, and a huge wall of fire streaks out of my hands and across the water, and I think it should be able to get two more of the boats. It is 60 feet long. Mm, yeah, that should be able to get two more boats. And they are going to make dexterity saving throws. That is a 17 and a 19. Well, they both pass, but they're still going to take half damage. Uh, 15. All right. That doesn't quite hit them, but all both ships are now on fire. Noise. Um, well, they are going to turn their cannons towards the target in front of them. Yeah. Fran, please make a dexterity check. Dexterity check. That's a 17. 17. All right. So you will take half damage. Let me, because th- you've got a lot of them in front of you here. I'm going to roll to see how how many of them hit you. <laughs> you actually only get hit by one of them. <laughs> one of the apparatus swivels its cannons toward you, Fran, as the other three fire wildly into the Black Lake, uh, on fire and panicking. Mm-hmm. But one of them does hit you. You are able to dodge out of the way for most of it, but you do still take, that's 14 damage as, and it punches a hole into your ice disc as it Shit. narrowly misses you and singes you. Okay, and when I dodge, I dive back in the water. Okay, it looks really cool. 
All right, please make your battle roll, Fran. Oh, I didn't think about what I was going to do for this one. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. We've got two successes, so you can do anything. It doesn't matter if you succeed or fail at this point. I, just to really, just to really intimidate the enemy side, I point my finger towards the city and I make an illusion of a giant flag Mm. coming from the center of the city with my face on it looking mad. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just roll an intimidation check for that. I rolled a two. Uh, everybody is confused. Mm. Most people do not know who this blue person is they like on a it. giant they like, they like it. They love it. No one is sure if this is coming from Torfa or if this is an ally. Mm. I love it. Doesn't doesn't Phelan at least get his convulsed? Phelan, like, from the other side of the battlefield, sees it. And like smiles and shakes his head. Well, uh, I like it, and I'm I like inspired. It. And I'm, I'm in inspired. the water, like yeah. <laughs> Corbin cheers in jubilation. From, yeah, yeah, I'm from very happy police. about it. Very good. <laughs> All right, above you, there is a- another crash of lightning as the dragon takes another pass over the city. You can all see from the battlefield more cracks appear in the shield that are then smoothed over. And another fire of apparatus that are still on the field, but they hit too late and do not punch through the city again. Corbin, you are in a position where you can see cannon fire on the river. And the pirate ships that you were expecting to come down river have been halted by a fleet of small metal ships. The pirates take their weapons up, ready for a fight, and a woman leaps from one of the ships, her sword drawn, and lands on the lead pirate ship facing Captain Carr. It's Loria, and she's here to wreck. God damn it, Loria. Why is she here? What did you do? (laughs) I don't think he killed her. He just, like, wounded her. Well, where where does he stash all these siblings that he stabbed that they're getting out? In his bag. In his bag. Oh, that is where you do that. Gloria! The the dwarven ships fire their cannons onto the wooden boats of the pirates, and there are splinters of wood and screams as pirates get ready to try and board the other ships. And uh, now I am going to make me a battle roll. You guys have advantage again. All right, so that one is going to go to the allies. Oh, thank God. Cool. All right. And now we are back up to Corbin. I have one level five spell slot and I think, but I think I am going to summon a water elemental on the river to fuck up the boats that are preventing. Nice. Very cool. I like that. All right. Because I just want to keep everything together, Corbin, it will go after you like Darius is. Okay. So Corbin goes to the mouth of the river um and he pulls his basically think Moses in Prince of Egypt mm-hmm. uh, parting the seas <laughs> and um he sings that song and then an enormous maelstrom of water like explodes and takes shape into like a humanoid type creature that is very large and uh and then it's there (laughs) and then it's there 
All right. What does this humanoid figure look like? It looks like Fran. Because <laughs> exactly. that's what I imagine when I think about water. Nice. It looks like it looks like Fran, but made entirely out of water. Mm. Yeah, nice. yeah. It's like a water Fran. Um, so it has a multi attack. Nice. It makes two slam attacks. Okay, so that's nineteen for the first hit. That hits. And oh, it definitely hits the second time. All right. And it, what is it attacking? Um, it's gonna attack the two boats that are the closest to it. Because you said there was like a small fleet of metal boats, right? Okay. 13 damage to the first one. Okay. 13 damage again to the second one. So it does not sink either of the ships this round, but it does wash their crews off of the decks. One of them, you see dwarves that are pulled from the decks of the ships and are tossed into the water by this enormous water elemental. So this is the first time we've ever seen dwarves on Abelis, right? Yeah, yeah. They, I've I showed them in one off uh, away from you guys scene, but you guys, yeah, have not seen dwarves on Abelis so far. Mm. And Corbin, though, you didn't kill that other apparatus, yeah. so it is gonna fire at you. Please make a dexterity check. Twelve. That I believe is not going to do it. And all right, so that is twenty-four damage. As Corbin, you are hit from behind squarely by this blast of fire. Why don't you make a battle roll? Oh, yes. Okay. I want to turn into a giant boar, a oh. beautiful, shining black giant boar. Oh, and man. I think I'm going to uh, probably head to w- closer to the front lines um, uh-huh. and just bowl over as just like a, just bowl babies over. Just bowl them over. <laughs> <laughs> just get them. Just get them yeah, down. Yeah, you bowl those babies. Get All right. 17. All right. That'll do it. Hell yeah. You bowl those babies over, Corbin. I bowl over those babies. Bowl you em. bowl over those babies as you charge towards the Ilfrin front lines. All right, and now it is Slake's turn. Okay, cool, cool. I guess it makes sense to keep focusing on the apparatus. So I'm going to go for the next one south of me, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to try and um, parkour onto the tank and then attack with picks. So Parkour! Parkour! 13. That won't do it, no. Over 20. Oh, yeah, that'll totally uh, hit. 11 plus 9 for damage. Very cool. You uh, you will destroy this thing. How do you want to destroy it? Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm running up to it, and I'm kind of, like, jumping off nearby objects to get up onto the back of it. And then um, I want to rip open the um, hatch on the top with one mm-hmm. of my picks and grab the guy inside with the other pick and just fucking bodily throw him out. Nice. Nice. And then afterward, I'm going to try to just jump back off in one fluid motion, but I'm guessing that'll be uh, a roll. Yeah, let's let's call that your uh, battle roll to do a flip. Backflip off flip. that shit. Yes, finally something decent. Okay, unnatural 20 for acrobatics. Very nice. Slake, you do a sick flip and this thing explodes behind you in a very action movie sequence. Yes. Where's Darius, by the way? Oh, yeah, Darius gets to attack too. I think I'm having Darius kind of move more toward the front line so he can help the troops there. So 21. 21 to hit, yes. And I'm rolling damage. All right. It's very low, though. It's only 1d4 plus 1. Hey, you know what? He's doing his best. Yeah. Oh, that is 4, though. So that's 5. All right. He gets 5 guys. He gets 5 different guys in his pincers as he starts wrecking shit on the behind uh, the front lines that are fighting the Ilfrins so that they are pinned now between... Boars and orcs and a giant beetle. Hooray! And those five guys never made hamburgers again. <laughs> sure fucking didn't. Fran, you're up. All right. Uh, Kat, 
If I cast oh, yeah. an electricity spell, can I just electrocute multiple things? I realize that I'll also be electrocuting myself. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm going to cast Witch Bolt. Witch Bolt? Witch Bolt? There it this is. This big bad bolt. So I grit my teeth and reach my hands out and from the tips of my fingers, lightning bolts erupt and then mm-hmm. the whole lake flashes with, with lightning. I guess I have to make a spell attack. That is going to hit all of us. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and I'm going to cast that at level two. Ooh, it's going to do 18 damage. It does take out the two ships that were damaged as well. Yeah. And uh, they shatter and sink into the lake as you convulse horribly in the water. <laughs> nice. Got him. It's worth it. It's worth it. Jesus fucking Christ. All right. You know, you've got two more ships out on the lake still, Fran. They are both damaged by this lightning spell. All right, cool. Make your battle roll. I think this time I'm going to try and read the battlefield. Okay. Um, basically, like, I I can tell that something's happening with the pirates, yeah. um, that they're coming up against something. So I want to try to perceive if anything else is about to hit us. Ah. So I got I got a seven. All right. No, you you are uh, too busy convulsing yeah. with oh. electricity. I Like to- my teeth are just like rattling (laughs) yep all right um so that is two more successes to the one failure and that means that we are gonna you guys get advantage again all right even with advantage they got a 13 and the highest was a 11 for the allies The uh, front line can see that something has gone wrong on the river and they start to pull back towards the city walls, uh, retreating into their trenches as Torva's army surges forward. Above you, the dragon continues to make passes over the city, raking it with its claws or hitting it with its lightning breath. Uh, Torva and the dragon seem to be focused entirely on breaking down Mary's shield, which cracks and it bends, but she is able so far to keep up with maintaining this shield, spreading layers of magic over it to repair the damage as it is made. But as you guys are taking out these machines, Torva is making less and less progress, ripping open the shield. And now it is Corbin's turn. Okay. Kat, I do remember you saying that these boats on the river were metal. Yes, they are. Dwarven Uh ships are made of metal. Um, I'm going to cast Heat Metal. Nice. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> I'm going to cast Heat Metal. Heat it. Uh, heat it anything up. that's touching it uh, <laughs> is going to take fire damage as long as they're touching it, or they can also jump ship. Uh, okay. At which point they will be at the mercy of my water elemental. So nice. The choice is on that. Uh, nice. <laughs> I'm loving this. Corbin, you've created the perfect storm. Yeah, you know. I'm out here doing it. But yeah, so basically that's uh that's on them. I don't know what they want to do. Um I do want me to like roll damage and see yeah. like okay. That's twelve damage for anyone who's touching the boat. Mm. Alright. You see dwarven sailors jumping ship left and right as their metal boats become molten hot. 
Uh, some of them stand their ground on the ship, gritting their teeth behind their beards. God damn it. But others jump into the water, preferring to uh, fight against the water elemental than against their horrible ship. Why are the dwarves on Tarva's side? I know. You don't know. I don't know. Corbin, uh, you are going to, there's still an apparatus uh, nearby. Make a dexterity check. That's a six. Ooh. That's not great. Um, gonna that's die. not going to do it. Oh, but you know what is great? Hmm. I just rolled two ones, so you just took 11 damage. Fuck yeah. Nice. Um, okay, so now <laughs> I'm going to yell to my elemental and I'm going to say, Friend, attack! <laughs> and then <laughs> it's going to move uh, towards the ships that all of the dwarves have jumped off of. So the dwarves are going to be all caught up in it. Um, mm -hmm. And... It has a, I guess, feature. I don't know. It's called Whelm. <laughs> so each creature in the elemental space has to take uh, make a DC 15 saving throw. And on a failure, it takes, basically, we could just say flat 13 bludgeoning damage. And then the target is restrained and unable to breathe unless it can breathe in water. And if it succeeds on its saving throw, it is pushed out of the elemental space. All right. Uh Half of the dwarves succeeded and half of them failed. Fair enough. Oh, that is brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> Tell me what this looks like. Um, basically, the elemental just kind of moves as a mass of water, like over the boats and like consumes the area that the dwarves are in. So it's like a swirling water tornado that looks like Fran with a bunch of tiny dwarves inside of her. <laughs> floating around <laughs> common image that um, frequently googled stock photo <laughs> yeah buddy you know that just happens when it moves over something oh my god um so that it also makes a two slam melee attacks again um, all right so i got one 21 and one was 14 does 14 hit or no 14 won't but the 21 will okay 11 damage. So it slams down on one of these ships and just splinters it into metal matchsticks yeah. and shards that fly out into the forest. You see Loria turn from where she is engaged in a fierce duel with Captain Carr to look up at this monstrosity of water. And she mouths, oh, fuck. <laughs> Corbin's dancing on the shore. He's like going like this. He's getting kind of And she dives out of the way as its <laughs> second attack swings toward her. And she uh, ducks underneath Carr's sword swing and this body of water that tries to smash down on her. All right, make your battle roll. I want to... So <laughs> I'm going to do um, rally, and I don't know if this would be performance or what, but I want to have my elemental get, like, really big and look like Fran and give a big thumbs up to all the troops <laughs> on the shore who are, like, afraid of the boat situation in the river <laughs> so that they can yeah. be rallied. Let's, let's call that a performance. Okay. We're doing, like, a Fran propaganda campaign. <laughs> this is literally a Fran propaganda campaign. <laughs> propaganda. Uh. All these people are going to worship is... me. Uh, it's 15. That does not do it. Yep. Your elemental like gives this thumbs up and then its hand is chopped off as like Loria throws an axe. Oh, shit. <laughs> Doesn't do any damage. It's impervious to those attacks, but we will say that. <laughs> it is demoralizing. Yeah, the, th the thumbs up is gone. Yep. All right, um, Slake. All right. Cool, cool. So yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just going to keep kind of weaving my way through. Maybe I'll go for the one that's to the left of me. 
Okay, cool. So first roll to hit is 21. Okay. 18 damage, I guess, for my first attack. Okay. And then for my second attack, unnatural 20. That'll hit. Awesome. 20 damage. All right, Incredible. that'll do it. It is, you Hell You yeah. demolish this thing. <laughs> yes. So it's like you drive your pick into the uh, the metal body of this once and then again. And the second time it comes back in blood and you realize you have just killed the operator of this thing while it's still inside. Oh. Which means they did not have a chance to activate the self-destruct. Cool. <laughs> it does not explode. However, the... Uh, Soldiers around you now have a chance to hit you. That's fair. For the first time. Uh, so that is going to be a non-natural 20 to hit. Yeah, you. that hits. All right. So that is going to be 10 damage, Slake, as the soldiers grab you from the top of this cannon and slash at you with swords and spears. That's fair. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Maybe I could call Darius to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So to hit, Darius got 19. All right. I, I raise up a hand and I say, come on, buddy. And um, Darius comes charging up, blasting through those lads. He's charging, you know, and his his horn is just like bashing people right out of the way. He's like a snowplow. Yeah. So that's just five damage. Um, All right. He snowplows five people out of the way. Nice. And then uh, I suppose Darius will need to take damage probably from troops. And then yeah. I need to do a battle thing. Yes. Let me just see. Uh, does a, yeah, a 19 is going to hit Darius's armor class, yeah. right? Okay, um, so th- he gets hit, and that is, I think, it for his hit points. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, he gets hit in the back after he has, uh, snowplowed these people out of the way, and there's just, like, a puff, and this little tiny beetle goes flying, Aww. and, uh, it's like, why don't you just make a, make a quick dexterity check for me, or, uh, athletics, okay. maybe? 24. You just put up a hand and catch him. Yes. He's like my little Pokemon. <laughs> what were you going yeah. to do to Darius, Cat? What were you going to do to Darius? Yeah, Darius. Yeah, well, Cat, what the fuck? <laughs> Darius, Catherine, what were you going to do with him? <laughs> I mean, if Slake didn't catch them, then the, the beetle would be on the ground. And huh, no. In the mud. Where there are many feet <laughs> stamping about. There's no place for my boy. <laughs> well, good thing you caught him. All right, cool. Well, uh, it's a moot point. You caught him. Yeah. I caught my boy. Caught my little Pokemon. Now I have to think of how I'm going to inspire these lads. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I think the act, the act of me, like, having this giant beetle turn into a tiny beetle and catching it in my hand. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It does pretty seem like cool. That's pretty inspiring want- in and of itself. <laughs> let's, see if, let's see if my recalling my Pokemon inspires people or not. Or if they're like, oh, maybe we have a type disadvantage and that's why they recall. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, yes. Yes, I love it. You love to see it. You love to see it. It's 21. You, everybody looks... Very impressed by this. Nice. Good. As they well should Or actually, be. rather, Torva's troops look scared as they think they have defeated this giant beetle and instead see the beetle has instead just turned into a smaller beetle to be re-enlarged at any point in time. Hooray! So they are intimidated and- Just as a bonus uh, action, I need to give Darius a little little kiss on his little snoot. Aww, oh, I accept yeah. your, your bonus action. <laughs> okay, thank you. Go about your business. Darius has gotten a smooch. <laughs> All right, now it is Fran's turn. Okay. Um, I've been going through my spell slots pretty quick, so I'm gonna uh, use a cantrip for for this turn. So there's two boats left in the water, right? Yep. Okay, yep. so I'm gonna take out the farthest one, and then I'll swim back towards the battlefield for my next turn. I think. So I'm gonna reach my hand out of the water 
and touch mm-hmm. the boat and cast Shocking Grasp. Okay. So I I hit definitely. Boop. Oh, I got five and a six. So that's 11. And these are also metal ships because they are more dwarven ships. Mm. So your Lightning Grasp rakes over this ship and uh, its inhabitants drop dead where they stand. And I dip back under the water. I just go put my hands up and the force of it pushes me bloop under the water. I disappear soundlessly. Adorable. Fran dips. <laughs> um, but I do have to do a thing. So we have one success and one failure, right? Yep. I don't know. I think maybe I'll try to read the battlefield again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. Oh, yeah. My perception is not that high. So I got a 21. Yay! Right, that's that'll still do it. Oh, it'll do it. You look around the battlefield to see what might be coming next. You see in the distance uh, there is an explosion as Phelan has destroyed another one of the apparatus further afield. Mm-hmm. In fact, you see two other columns of smoke from uh, the destruction that Phelan has wrought on the Torva rear. I'm sticking my spyglass out of the water like a periscope. <laughs> nice. Nice. So you are you are able to uh, see that there is success on the rear lines and send up an illusion mm-hmm. to let the uh, city defenders know that there are successes afield. Yeah, my, my flag disappears um, and then, then it, an arrow, but with me doing a thumbs up. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, people get it this time. They understand what that means. They get it. The prop of Franda is working. Yeah, the, yeah, the prop of Franda is taking hold. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see how the battlefield is doing. Our battlefield rolls. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry, guys. Don't say this. Uh, you rolled a two and a four. Oh. God damn it, cat. So that one is not going to you guys, even with your t- prop of Franda. Oh, we're trying so hard. How could our prop of Franda fail? <laughs> the orcs and the boars are p- under heavy fire in their trenches. The uh, the orcs have formed a shield wall across the top to try and give the boars some cover um, as they take turns coming in, recovering as Alden is uh, has been forced back into the trenches and is healing boars and then slapping them on the rear and sending them back out to charge and come back again. Uh, In some good news, the pirates from Sparrow Island see this enormous water monster that they have um, only nominal reason to believe is on their side. And Captain (laughs) Carr turns to Loria, who he is engaged in a sword fight with, and then calls out to the pirates, All right! Plan I. <laughs> and they all yell, I. <laughs> and then God. they incinerate their ships. Kegs of powder are lit and explode as the pirates from Sparrow Island jump into the river and swim to shore with their swords clenched into their teeth. And uh, they jump towards the fray. Loria. Corbin, you last see her as she is engulfed in this fireball that was Captain Carr's ship. And uh, you do not see her again when the smoke clears. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Nothing bad could happen because of that. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. She probably died. She probably yeah. dead. That's probably what happened. And uh, so you guys actually, because you successfully helped defend the pirates from Loria, you get another... Plus one to your battlefield nice. rolls. Hell yeah. Yay. 
Yeah. Um, we are gonna start at the top of the order, Corbin. Oh, I think I was gonna heal myself, actually. That's smart. Oh, that's probably, yeah. Yeah, because I only have 28 hit points. 13. Okay, and then my beautiful giant Fran child goes next. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your Fran child is still, uh, still rampaging. Yeah. It's your Fran child and you're her frampa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly this. So every creature that is still um, in her, like, body area um, mm-hmm. has to make another DC 15 strength saving throw. Um, I, I dropped it. It was a three. They are contained inside of her f- her her body form. Her her uh her body. She engulfs them. She engulfs oh, them with her physical body, um, and that's gonna be ten damage. So I'm gonna have her make her way over to the um, apparatus that I left unscathed. And all right, that, that one's on the it. battlefield. Yeah. Okay. So she's gonna try to hit that bad boy. Kind of hit that. Try to tap that. <laughs> and she probably taps it one time. 12 and a 22. <laughs> All right, the 22 will hit. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a 12 damage. That will be enough. The watery arm of your elemental comes down and engulfs the apparatus and when it pulls back the apparatus has been crushed by the weight of the water hell Dang. yeah all right uh make your battle roll okay well okay so i want to do <laughs> you guys code geass lovers out in the fans will oh, uh, will recognize this one i have a oh, spell boy. it's called geass <laughs> Don't call it Code Geass. I'm going to use my Code Geass. Um, my name is Lelouch <laughs> Beavertanian. I'm about to use my Code Geass. Beavertanian? <laughs> That's what his name is. Watch Code no! Geass. I'm sorry. You can't do this maneuver. So I'm going like to use my <laughs> Geass ability um, to command some of the troops. And I'm going to like Lelouch style, like just flail out my little coat and be very You cool. don't have a coat. I don't. My one string of fabric. <laughs> I'm gonna whip it around. That's disgusting. <laughs> I also don't think that's how Corbin's clothing works. Uh, no, it might not. be. Well, he has. It's just a full like body loincloth. Loin <laughs> he has <Yeah>. loincloths. <laughs> but you don't probably want him flipped around. <laughs> you just lift up your loincloth. It's just over his head. <laughs> There's a little hole for his face. And the sides are open. <laughs> you lift just, up your loincloth and you show everyone. I have a spell called Gios. I'm going to use my mm-hmm. Gios spell to control the minds of some of the troops. and make Torvis them attack. troops? Yeah, Torvis troops. And make them, like, attack each other. Ooh. Okay. Uh, ten. Ten does not do it, okay. no. Uh, so you attempt to... Control the minds of Torva's troops, but their faith in their god is too strong mm-hmm. for you to overcome. Too and they uh, turn their attention toward you, and they don't look very happy about the attempt to control their minds. Well, that's okay. Uh, but now it is Slick's turn. Yes. So what I want to do is I want to head over to the apparatus that's south of me right now. Okay. Since that one's within pretty close range of another one. And I'm mm-hmm. just going to... Start with my uh, turn by attacking that one with my picks. So I'll roll the hit. Okay. Not great. Uh, let me try again. Okay. Second one, not great. I'm going to be real with you. 
Okay. <laughs> Slake, you uh, try to fight your way over to the next apparatus, but you are held up by the uh, the troops that have rallied around it to try and protect one of the last few remaining war machines that they have. Um, and so we're gonna roll to hit you. 19 to hit? Yep. All right, so then you're gonna take 10 damage. Ooh. Well, I've still, I've, my HP isn't great. Before I do my battle move, I'm going to use my bonus action to do second wind. Mm-hmm. And with that, I can get 1d10 plus my fighter level hit points back. All right. 8 plus 9 is 17. I, I can do math. Yay! All right. Awesome. So like, Slake, like you're down in the mud. You've gotten knocked down by Torva's troops and you, you get back up because that's what you're going to do here. Hooray. And then I know what I want to do for my battle action. I have a feature called goading attack where I can uh, basically try to goad a target into attacking me. What I'd like to try to do is get the cannon closer to the other apparatus to destroy it by aiming at me. Oh, okay. All right. Make that as an intimidation check. All right. 16. Oh, meets the beats. You got it. Oh, my God. Thank Christ. So you are able to uh, goad the apparatus that is nearest to you and it fires and you just dive out of the way last second and it hits the other one and it leaves a blackened scorch mark on the other tank. And now it is Fran's turn. All right. Um, so Fran is going to use her dope swimming moves, of which she has many, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do a somersault underwater and push off the boat that she just destroyed mm-hmm. and glide through the water to the last remaining boat with apparatus on it. And it is kind of near the shore by the battleground. She's going to poke her little head out of the water and um, I want to use poison spray, <laughs> aka fart hand. <laughs> you want oh, bringing it back to the OG fart hand. <laughs> yeah, I love baby. it. A classic. Into if there's any kind of like air vent or something. There are portholes on the side of the ship. Yeah, so I'll I'll reach my hand in and I'm gonna cast poison spray. Try to gas them out. <laughs> they have to make a Constitution check as this noxious fart cloud. <laughs> Okay. Fills their cabin. All right, that is going to be a 16. Um, That does not quite pass. Whoa. Okay, so that did 20 damage. Nice. Whoa. All right, you gas the ship and its occupants. Try to make it to the deck and to the open air, but the few who do make it out just run into the water trying to get away from this noxious fume that has uh, poisoned their lungs and their eyes and driven them to drowning. Hey, fart hand. All right, Fran, that is the last of the ships on the water. Dun, dun, dun. Do you want to make a battle roll for me, please? I do. So like uh, Iceman or Frozone, Fran is going to use Create and Destroy Water and her ability to manipulate water, and she's going to create a ramp of ice as she runs out of the water to, to slide up onto this ramp and out onto the field. Cool. And she does a, uh, I can't think of a skateboarding trick name. (laughs) An an ollie. She does an ollie. (laughs) (laughs) 12 and that's plus nine. You do it. It looks very sick. It looks really cool. Hell yeah. 
And I, I, I do a cool flip as I jump out into the massive writhing bodies. <laughs> that means the allies have advantage on this turn. All right, the allies take this one. Yeah, yes. yeah. Is it three to two now? Uh, yeah, you are three to two. You have pulled ahead out of the dead tie, and the defenders at the city wall are able to push Torva's troops back as the pirates join their ranks. Uh, they are able to provide some much-needed relief to the orcs who have been tirelessly holding back Torva's army uh, and allow them to rest as the pirates take point and dive into the battle. Above the city, there is cr another crash of lightning, and the dragon throws itself at the shield, but Mary holds strong still. And now we are back up at the top of the order with Corbin. It's your turn, boy. Okay, so I see um, these non-Giast soldiers, like, coming <laughs> up on me, and I know that my cosplay was bad, and that I need to get out of this area. So I quickly turn into a crow, um, and I want to fly over the battlefield-ish to kind of the crevasse that um, Phelan is by. Where it's there not is... a crevasse. It's, there's... Thank you. Yes. As I said, the crevasse uh, that Phelan is in. <laughs> it's just a pass of it's a open stretch of land and between so the forest and the lake. I would like to land near the apparatus that is closest to that crevasse. Uh, please, Catherine. <laughs> So, okay, so you're going to land by the apparatus that is furthest at the back of the battlefield. Yes, I do plan to attack it. We only have three apparatus left at this point to take yes. down. Yes. Yeah, correct. Corbin, upon landing, they're going to take a swing at you, the yes. many soldiers that you land in the middle of. Uh, that is not going to hit you, though. When you land on the battlefield, they're swinging for a bird that's turned into a boy and... You do a handstand and you <laughs> avoid it. Wow. And everyone claps. <laughs> everyone Mid, claps. Yeah, the Gios finally works and they do clap for me. And um, while I am in that handstand, cat, I'm going to cast Ice Storm. Ooh, Ooh cool. Yeah. Nice storm. So basically a hail of rock and hard ice pounds to the ground in a 20-foot radius um, centered on the apparatus. Uh, every creature, including the apparatus, I guess, has to make a dexterity saving throw. 17 for the apparatus and a 16 for the soldiers. Damn. Okay. Well, the apparatus um, meets it, so it beats it. The soldiers do not, but the apparatus Okay. Well, still... that makes sense. They can't, like, Matrix style dodge the hail. <laughs> Would you Matrix style dodge hail? You'd get so far backwards and then you'd do a handstand. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate maneuver. <laughs> Incredible. Okay, so that is 26 damage for the soldiers mm -hmm. and 13 damage for the apparatus. Okay. The metal <laughs> beast has been injured. Yes. So, Corbin, your <laughs> hail rains down upon the metal body of the apparatus and puts some big dents in it, but it still swings its cannon toward you. And I'm going to roll the hit. That is going to be over 20. That's going to be 22. You know that hits, Lucas. I know that hits. Uh, please make a dexterity saving check. It's a 12. Oh, no, that does not. You do not dodge it. It, Full it hits brunt you of very fast. It hits you very hard. 19 damage. And then I am going to call upon my water lady to come and crush this uh, apparatus. Finish the job. Okay, so the first one definitely does not hit. The second one is 24. 
And that is 19 damage. What's up? All right. Where your hail failed, the water elemental succeeds and crushes the apparatus under its giant watery arm. I am going to do some damage to that thing. You can try, Kat. How does that... It's immune to a lot of different types of damage. Yeah. Is it immune to slashing damage? It does half damage, so it will take damage. Oh, okay. All right, I'm going to assume 18 hits its armor class. Yeah. Uh, So then the soldiers around it begin to slash at it, recovering from their fear and panic that uh, prevented them from moving on it last turn. They are only, however, able to slice off small chunks of its weird watery body, and it doesn't seem to be doing much. They only do five damage. Uh, Corbin, why don't you make your battle roll, please? I'm going to... Corbin wants to call on Burger Jerger to come down, and he mm-hmm. is going to send her away um, to help guide the Danmari and the Madrian forces uh, into advantageous battle points so that they can really do a pincher move on the troops. All right. 13. Well... You have a really good idea, Corbin, of um, what the battle looks like. You forget, however, that Burger Jurger has not been with you this whole time, does not understand who Dan Mari or Madrian forces are, um, and unfortunately, she is not able to help them. So now it is Slake's turn. I tried. I did my best. Sometimes it'd be like that. Sometimes it'd be like that. Sometimes that's just how it'd be. All right. Well... I'm already by the one cannon, so... Yeah, you're stuck between a cannon and a cannon place. Yeah, sometimes it'd be like that. So I guess I'm going to uh, start by attacking the cannon that I am right next to, the one that hasn't taken any damage yet. Got it. The first attack I rolled was just 15. That does not hit. All right. Second attack I rolled, uh, so over 20. All right, that one will. I can do math. Five plus five is ten <laughs> and five it. plus three is eight so ten plus eight is eighteen eighteen all right you put a good amount of hurt on this thing you reach in and hit the occupant of that uh tank real hard with a pick and they are going to self-destruct make a dexterity save eighteen uh, so, Slake, you are blown back as the uh, operator of the apparatus self-destructs, uh, but you are able to do a backflip in midair and land on your feet. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, but you do still take, what is that, eight, ten. Oh, you only take five damage. I know what I want my battle roll to be. Okay. How close am I to Corbin? Probably a good, like, 120 feet. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to land really cool and be like, We've got to stop meeting like this, but I can't now. I'm I'm probably by you. Okay, can I flippy land? By, can I flippy land, my friend? Yes, I believe that would be an acrobatics check for a feat of strength. That's um, <laughs> that's ten. No, I think that I'm thinking that I land next to Fran, and so I say to like a random Torben soldier, "We've got to stop meeting like this." <laughs> And they look at me like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And then I, I say, I- I'm sorry. And I try to leave. You try to leave and they are going to try and hit you. That's fair. Uh, and that is going to be a 19. Yeah, that that's a good. All right. They're going to do 10 damage to you. I'm fine with it. 
<laughs> That's how it feels when you yeah. make a social faux pas. That is truly. Oh. And actually, they didn't actually hit you with their sword. You just took damage. <laughs> I took psychic damage. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Oh, and I am down to 22 hit points out of the 75. Okay. Right. I don't know about uh, you, but I'm feeling 22. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Well, Corbin and Slake are feeling 22. Yeah, I don't know about your, but I'm feeling 44. <laughs> All right, Fran, you are up. Okay. Um, of course, first I avert my eyes from Slake. I pretend not to know that. <laughs> That's so kind of you. And then I think I'm going to try and ice spear the last apparatus that we have. Okay. Still averting my eyes. I, yeah. I, I just point my finger and an ice spear slams out towards it. And it has to make a dex check? Yeah. That did not. Okay. 27 damage. All right. You spear this thing through and hit several soldiers out on the other side of it. And the other soldiers are going to roll to hit you. That's a natural 20. I'll die. It's You won't. You won't die. Today's the day I die. No. <laughs> uh, you will take 20 damage. All right. Well, I don't know about your, but I'm feeling 24. <laughs> Are you all below half now? Oh, yeah. 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 Good. Okay, uh, Fran, what is your battle roll? It doesn't really matter that much because uh, Torva, we've gotten two failures this round, but <laughs> just giving your best shot. I'm going to roll an intimidation check. Now that we've taken out literally all of the tanks, I'm going to mm-hmm. climb up on top of the one that I just speared through and just scream a battle cry. Just, just scream it out. Because we did it. Yes. Oh, my God. Tanks for the memories. Shut up. I rolled a 19. <laughs> oh, you did it. Yes. Oh, yes, the Torvaic soldiers oh. are very intimidated as they realize all of their artillery support is now gone. So you have now cleared the battlefield of the tanks. And let me just, we'll make our battle roll first. You guys, you rolled a 12. Torva's troops rolled an 11. <laughs> so you guys take this one. Just oh, by the skin of heart. Teethy, teeth, teeth. Yes. You scream and the uh, Torvaic troops have lost a bit of their morale as they realize that they no longer have any artillery support and the Ilfrin front line is pushing them back. However, there is another crack of lightning overhead and you look up from the tank, Fran, to see the dragon dive down onto the shield. Its enormous bulk crashes into it full force. The whole structure now is cracked and fractured. And Mary looks out towards the battlefield and she knows her friends need her help. And so she is going to heal you guys. Mary. Mary, we're fine. Don't worry about it. Just let us die, Mary. So she heals you guys for 37 hit points. Holy fuck. But that momentary distraction is all that Torvin needs. And he jumps down from the top of the dragon's back. And with his warhammer in one hand, he slams down on the shield and creates a hole the size of his hammerhead. Mary regains her focus and gasps and throws out a hand to reseal the shield 
Her magic surges forth in a wave, but Torva doesn't bring his hammer back for another swing. Instead, he leaves it in place, stuck fast in the shield and holding it open. He holds onto the hilt and stares down at Mary, who balls her hands into fists and grits her teeth to push him back. But the hammer is stuck firm, and Torva presses his might into it, widening the gap. He tosses his head back to look at the dragon, and grins with a mouth full of black teeth. Your work here is done, creature. Go take care of my daughter's friends. And the dragon takes off from the top of the shield, and heads out across the battlefield. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dames and Dragons, a totally normal episode. Ah, the finale. The finale of an arc is always uh, such a strange, strange time. So I'm just scheduling things. Basically, the next thing we're going to come out with is the Arc 5 recap episode. We've already recorded it. And then after that, we haven't 100% nailed down exactly what we're going to do. There might be a special episode or maybe some kind of Q&A or something. And then we'll be charging on forward to arc six. I'm not sure if there'll be a break in there for when we release um, Patreon bonus episodes or not. Stay tuned on that. We'll post scheduling things um, on social media, especially watch Twitter. That's where we tend to make announcements the most. Sar. Our episode today is brought to you by Cobalt Press's Empire of the Ghouls, the Underworld Player's Guide and Underworld Layers. Empire of the Ghouls is an Underdark campaign for levels 1 to 13. The matching Underworld Player's Guide includes new playable races from Dero to Dark Trollkin to Drow and Mushroom Folk plus new spells, subclasses, and backgrounds. The Underworld Layers book includes standalone Underdark adventures for levels 3 to 14. The whole package is available now from koboldpress.com and on Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds for online play. You can find out more at koboldpress.com and tell them DSPN, or specifically the dames, or even more specifically me, Noel, sent you. Thank you so much, Cobalt Press. I also want to say thanks to our beautiful, beautiful patrons. I know that they're the most beautiful people in the whole world. How do I know? That's classified. Thank you to Joshua, Hillary, Dash, Sarah, Varutaru, Genesis, L, Iconicat, Hannah, Kenna, Merciless Mercy, Nathan, Harrison, Stevie, another different Hannah, Sally, Ash, and Allie. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we're so excited to have you. Or we're so excited that you found our content interesting and engaging enough to up your donation. Seriously, Patreon holds us together. Um, if you have listened to other mid-rolls, you may remember when we had our first patron and we were literally in complete disbelief that anyone would ever be willing to donate money to us <laughs> for our silly little show. Um, uh, shout out to Brandon. Brandon's still out there doing it, and we appreciate him so much. 
Uh, and we also appreciate every single one of you because literally it's a miracle that there's even one of you and it's a miracle that there's all of you. Truly, thank you guys so, so, so much from the bottom of my heart. I also want to thank our reviewers on Apple Podcasts. As you may have heard me say 10 billion times, and I'm sorry about it, but I'm going to say it again. Apple Podcasts provides metadata to not only Apple Podcasts, which I think is still the biggest podcatcher. It also provides metadata to other podcatchers uh, to tell them basically what are the best shows. And so when you rate and review on podcast app, it seriously makes a difference for us um, in who can find the show, in what lists we show up on. It makes a difference. And here are some of the people who have made a difference since last episode. Oh my God, Siri is talking to me. She heard me talking about Apple Podcasts. I'm scared. Siri, stop talking to me. My phone is all the way across the room. Oh no. Anyway, please use Apple products to, to, to rate our fucking podcast. I'm a shill for Big Apple. She knows it. I'm Siri's bitch. Okay, anyway, thank you to Varutaru. Oh, I recognize your name from Patreon. Oh, dang. Uh, Timelimes, Iconicat, again, dang, you, you guys are busy. Shernandez0390, ah, decisions, ah. Thank you, Carl Gura. Oh, my God, Carl Gura. <laughs> That's such a good name. <laughs> I also want to thank... Uh, TTO The Trist, and Rexford J. Thank you guys so, 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 so much. I also have a message today from Wildfire to Bo. A happy birthday on May 31st, coming up here. Uh, the, the message reads, He's been a longtime Patreon and big fan. If you could just do a shout out to him from his mom, but please make it cooler than this note, smiling face. Ah, <laughs> Hey, Boo, happy birthday. I'm on a skateboard, and my skateboard has four more skateboards. Um, That was uh, a wish from the skateboard fairy who possessed my body. Uh, Bo, I hope you have a great birthday. I also want to tell you today about Milk and Honey Comics. Milk and Honey Comics is an anthology magazine that features indie cartoonists from around the world. Each issue has a pair of exclusive interviews with artists and creatives that use their background in sequential art in their jobs and passions. Give yourself some quarantine reading with Milk and Honey Comics. Read over 100 pages of small press comics for free through digital download at milkandhoneycomics.com. They also have contributor-created prints, sticker sets, and apparel available. Be on the lookout for their two newest issues coming out in 2020 by following their Instagram and Twitter at Milk and Honey Comics. And if you're looking for something else to entertain you during this quarantine, make sure to check out this awesome DSPN show. Hey, it's Mike Shea of Sly Flourish and author of The Lazy Dungeon Master and Sly Flourish's Fantastic Locations. My show, The DM's Deep Dive on the Don't Split the Podcast Network, features a one-on-one -on -one discussion with guests like Sean Merwin, Enrique Bertrand, Teo Sabadia, and more. Once a month, we dive deep into a single D&D &D topic and answer your burning DM questions. Watch us live on Twitch, on YouTube, or on our podcast on the Don't Split the Podcast Network. Let's dive deep. Last of all, a message to 
Chantel. Oh, Chantel. Chantel, I have, um, I have uh, an extremely important message for you. Chantel, the code word is sabbatical. And the sleeper agent is active. Go. Dragon circles around the battlefield once and breathes down lightning across the trench of defenders. Many of them don't make it. Enough of them do to hold the line, but it is gruesome. There is a charred black line in the earth signifying everybody who was lost in that one attack. And then the dragon heads toward the giant ice ramp and the <laughs> the arrows pointing to Fran the prop of Franda <laughs> no and lands in front of you so now we are going to we're going to keep the same initiative you will still do your uh, battle rolls at the end of your turn um, however it is going to be a lot more like traditional combat now all right Corbin you have your first turn um so I do see that the dragon has landed I witness. Um, <laughs> you didn't notice that. And I do, I, I rush over with my franchise. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, am I close enough to, like, attack? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Cool. Uh, then I guess that is what I want to do. Okay, so I'm going to cast uh, Blight okay. on the dragon. But it does need to make now a constitution saving throw. 26. Yes, I figured that it would pass. Well, it takes half damage. So that's still that, Catherine. Mm. A cloud of black speckled miasma explodes around the dragon, consuming it entirely. Yeah. 13 necrotic damage. It does not look at all bothered by this. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't, Catherine. So um, after I uh, use Blight and it does functionally nothing to the dragon, um, I have my Fran child come over. Yay. She's going to try and smack the dragon in its in its big nostrils <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to try and choke it out. So, okay, the first one's 12. I assume that does not hit. That does not hit. Okay, the second one is 19. Does yes, that, that hits. suddenly the impossible is possible 14 damage yes she smacks the dragon across its face water gets up its nostrils and it snorts the water out and looks fine oh uh make your battle roll corbin oh i'm gonna try to cast a giant spell (laughs) i'm gonna cast bark skin on as many people as i can Actually, this would probably help them be resistant to, like, the electric damage, too, because it's, like, wood. Um, So it turns their skin into the bark of a tree. Very cool. Yeah, they'll hate it. (laughs) That is just barely a 16. Corbin, you're sweating as you uh, cast this spell out wide and engulf the troops around you in a bark skin armor. All right, and now it is Slake's turn. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to start by um, aiming my longbow at it. Okay, so my first attack, an 11 to hit. That does not hit. All right. Ugh, 12 to hit. Your arrows glance harmlessly off of the dragon's scales. 
Cool. All right. Cool. Well, make your battle roll, Slake. Let's do this. I was thinking I would maybe use my battle action to try and get up on the Hydra's back. Holy shit. Okay, so that is a nat 20. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I hate to sacrifice it, but I was thinking it might be cool if I use the other 10-foot pole and I make a running jump and I pole yes. vault onto yes. the dragon's back. Hell yeah. You pull the pole out of your cloak, use it to pole vault onto the dragon's back. It looks sick as hell. Everyone's inspired. Hooray. All right, Fran, it's up to you. I think this is the time to summon my friend Barl Girl. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Fran closes her eyes and begins murmuring foul language. <laughs> and a glowing circle spreads from under her feet through the mud. Then when she steps back from it, a giant shadowy ape rises from it. <laughs> Yes! His huge finger over his blood-stained lips. Shh, he says. That's my action. Do you want him to go and then do my battle roll? I guess it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what I'm going to have him do, first of all, is start attacking the dragon's wing. So he's going to, like, reach up with his claws and try to get, like, the tip of it. Yeah, his his attack to grab the wing hits, and then his bite misses, but he reaches up with his other hand. 18 on the second claw. That does not hit. Okay. And the dragon is going to use one of its legendary actions, which it can take at the end of another creature's turn, oh God. Uh, and use its wing attack. The dragon uh, stretches out its wings to dislodge Berlgura and uh, every creature within 10 feet of the dragon, which is you guys, uh, you must succeed on a dexterity saving throw. Oh, boy. I got a natural 20. <laughs> oh, perfect. I got a natural one. Oh, my <laughs> fucking oh, no. God. <laughs> and I got four. Berlgura ro- rolled a, a 17. A 17, that does not make it either. So Fran is the only one who is able to <laughs> stay upright. Jesus. Um, the, everybody else, you are bowled over as a huge gust of wind as is generated by this dragon flapping its wings. Baralgura is sent flying and you are all knocked prone and you will also take 14 points of damage from the force of the wind generated by this dragon. Uh, Slake, will you please make a strength saving throw for me? Okay. 12. (laughs) All right. No, you are knocked from the dragon's back. Damn it. And uh, as you fall, you take that 14 points of damage. Uh, And now, Fran, you can make your battle roll. God damn it. Yeah, that wasn't the dragon's turn. (laughs) That was just a reaction. Woof. Cool. So (laughs) I'm going to use Wall of Fire and make a wall between the other soldiers and the dragon. Right. You're creating a ring of fire battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Very cool. Very good. Uh, Very good. Roll. Like in Kingdom Hearts. Okay. An 18, so I passed. Okay. Uh, All right, so dragon's turn now. All right, so first I will need you all to make a wisdom saving throw as the dragon uses its frightful presence and roars into the sky. 25. I got 20, but non-natural. Okay. And that's a four. Slake, you are frightened. You, You are overwhelmed by dragon. You will make a wisdom saving throw on your turn to try and uh, shake that off. But 
In the meantime, Flake, it is going to attack you with its claw and rake you up from the mud where you fell. Cool. Uh, that's a natural 20. Cool. Slake's gonna die. <laughs> 28 damage on that critical hit. I am so sorry. Yeah. I mean, I've still got, you know, a couple hit points left. All right. And then it is going to make its other two attacks. Another claw attack. Uh, and this one will be at Corbin. Oh, my God. It rolled a natural one. <laughs> ah, suck a dick. Suck a dick. Uh, the dragon is now going to attack Barl Girl with its bite. 31 to hit. Oh, my God. Uh, well, um, Barl Girl has an AC of 40. So better luck next time, dragon. <laughs> uh, um, so Girl is going to take... 18 points of piercing damage and five lightning damage. Okay. All right. And that is the dragon's turn. Um, so we are now going to do our battle roll. The allies have advantage thanks to you guys all succeeding on mitigating the threat of this dragon to the rest of the troops. Oh God. That one will go to the Torva troops as they are bolstered by the arrival of the dragon and the allied forces pull away from it. However, on the other side of the battlefield, there is a blast of a horn as the Danmari and Madrian riders descend mm. onto the rear of the Torvan camp. Finally, the fifth day at dawn. They are led by King Abasi Dema Rosvias on a rain gray steed that runs as swift as a thunderstorm. Prince Azam rides at his side and holds up his sword to signal the riders forward. Uh, you now roll with an additional plus one on all of your ally battle rolls. Nice. Yay. With the damage that the front lines have been doing to Torva's army, the Torvan cavalry is not prepared to ride out to meet them. It is the god Minotine who meets the riders from Danmar and Madria with just a spare few of his own personal guard. And a ghostly form takes shape next to the king of Danmar's horse, and it is Rove. And she is guiding his sword as she charges into battle with him against the god of spears. So, Slake, you have been driven into the mud by this dragon throwing you with its big claws. A hand appears in front of your face. And you see the tattoos running up the arm. And Phelan looks down and he says, So, this looks bad. Come on. And he helps you up to your feet. Hooray! <laughs> Good to see you, Phelan. We've got to stop meeting like this. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Damn it! in one fell swoop. Slake was murdered on the battlefield. You saw that, huh? You're supposed to pretend not to know. Don't worry. Most of the other people who saw it are dead now. <laughs> oh. All right. So uh, Phelan is going to join the initiative after Fran's turn here. Okay. We need his spicy poisons. Yeah, we need we his yes. avocado arms. We need those avocados. And his ability to draw damage. All right, now it is Corbin's turn. Okay. Uh, so then I, I release my grandchild, Fran child, <laughs> and uh, into the ether, I finally let her grow up. I've been holding on to her for too long. 
<laughs> and I cast protection from energy uh, at level three on myself, Franika, and Slake. Phelan can get wrecked. Yeah, get wrecked. So now all <laughs> all three of us have uh, resistance to lightning damage. What does it look like? Does it like crackle ghost lightning on us? Yeah, I, I send I send little crackles of ghost lightning. I like bzing out all <laughs> to, to you guys. <laughs> and then uh, all of you guys have little lightning electricity fields around you protecting you. Uh, do your battle roll. Was Slake's last turn, was it them getting up on the back? Was that their battle yes. roll? Yeah, but then okay. I fell down in the mud and I ate shit. <laughs> so I want to do the opposite of that. <laughs> I want to get under the dragon. Oh, I thought Ooh. you meant you were gonna get you're gonna give the dragon a piggyback ride. Yeah. I thought you just meant you weren't gonna eat shit. <laughs> well, that's that remains to be seen. Uh, so I wanna do like a cool running and then I wanna slide underneath the dragon's little belly so that I'm at an advantageous position for attack. A natural twenty. Oh. Wonderful. Incredible. You look cool as hell. I look so fucking cool. What is Water Lady gonna do? Whatever she wants. Whatever she wants. Yeah. Uh Water Lady is actually going to put herself in between Fran and the dragon. And uh, Fran, you hear a watery voice that says, Sister! Huh? (laughs) And uh, it puts itself in between you and it as the dragon makes a tail attack as one of its legendary actions. What's its AC, Corbin, just so I know? 14, and it has 102 hit points left. Great. So that hits... And it will take it takes sixteen damage as the tail rips through its watery body. Oof. So that is the water lady's turn, and now it is Slake's turn. Okay, cool. And I'm still frightened of you the- are. And what exactly does that mean again? Uh, you cannot move toward it, but you can make a wisdom saving throw right now. Okay, cool. I'll start with that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Five. You are still frightened. You are not able to move toward it. You can shoot at it with arrows. I will do that. Can you okay. attach the chain to an arrow? I could throw the mace. Uh, make an attack with an improvised weapon if you're going to throw it to try and like tangle this thing with some chain. Okay. Yeah, get it in the horns. Oh, that's 16. 16. That does not hit its armor class. Uh, it, you throw the flail and it sails over the dragon's head. Damn it. Cool. So I'm just going to shoot it with an arrow. All right. Unnatural 20. Okay. All right. That'll hit. Okay. That's six damage. So, you know. All right. The arrow uh, lodges between two of the dragon's scales and sticks into its hide. It doesn't react. Cool. All right. What do you want to do for your battle roll? Yeah, I guess I'll try to um, rally our troops that have ranged weapons to uh, to take aim at the dragon. All right. Let's see. That's just going to be 10. All right. That does not do yeah, it. Yeah, that figures. Your turn, Fran. You're up. So I think I'm going to cast Fireball. 21. 21 will hit. Um, it, it does 26 damage. 26 damage. The fireball splashes against the dragon's scales and it roars. Uh, it doesn't seem to enjoy that, but it is still standing, still snapping. And... Oh, also Baralgura has to go. Oh, yeah, and Baralgura. Baralgura oh is going to use his multi-attack. And first one is going to miss. Second one is a natural 20. That's his bite. Nice. Yeah, you. And yes. then the third one is also going to miss. <laughs> okay. So he's going to do 22 damage as he 
um, lunges for the wing first with one hand, then with the other hand um, as it flaps out of his way and then just jumps with his teeth (laughs) like a dog from a frisbee. (laughs) The dragon is going to react with its wing attack again. All right. And uh, so everybody, please make a dexterity saving throw. Catherine, I am underneath him. You'll be exempt. He can't hit you with his wings. I got a non-natural 20. Oh, I got a roll for the water lady, too. Oh, she did not succeed. Slake? Nat one. Oh, no. Oh, no. R.I.P. Slake. It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Slake, you're going to take 14 bludgeoning damage. Cool. I got three whole hit points left. I'm you fine. Are, oh my God. <laughs> you are knocked prone. Phelan is fine. Fran is fine. Slake, uh, Corbin is okay. Did Barl Grua make his check? He got a 15. That doesn't do it. He does take uh, 14 points of bludgeoning damage and is knocked prone. What do you want to do for your battle roll? Let's see. I Cover want. me up with some dirt so no one can see my shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what I want to do is point up at the dragon and I want to use major image to make like uh, a flashing neon target that slowly targets its head so everyone knows where to aim. <laughs> All right. Okay, I got an 18. We'll do it. That'll do it. You have succeeded. All right. The uh, archers on the field uh, follow your directions and take aim at the dragon's head, raining down arrows, which it swats away, but takes the attention off of you guys for a second. And now it is Phelan's turn. So Phelan gets his three attacks against the dragon. Oh, sweet. Uh, He misses with his first knife. The second knife hits the dragon uh, in the wing. Oh, and he poisons it. Hell yeah, Phelan! Hell yeah. Yes, Phelan! Praise be. All right, so his first attack is going to do 10 damage, and then his third knife flies out and hits the dragon straight in the eye. Shit. And is he going to do poison damage on that one too? No. So that one is going to be... A whopping 40 damage Jesus. to this thing. Failing. Oh, my God. Finally. It cries out in pain with the poisoned knife in its eye. And now it is the dragon's turn, and it is going to use its lightning breath. Oh, God. Um, everybody, please make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, God. Bye. What about Don't forget. Cat- I'm underneath it. <laughs> yeah, you're outside of its range. <laughs> okay. This is a dex check? Yep. Yeah. Well, I okay. don't know why I even asked because I rolled like a four. So it's nineteen. Nineteen. Oh, sweet. Um. So, Slake, you managed to from your position on the ground, uh, duck underneath this lightning blast and uh, get out the way. Water Lady failed her save. Uh, the dragon rears back and exhales a huge arc of lightning right into the line of you, and you are going to take. Uh, 66 damage from his lightning attack. Wait, because each? Yes, each. And but it's halved because but of- But it is halved because of Corbin's spell, so you only take 33 lightning damage. Each. Each. And I would, in theory, take half of that were I not at three hit points. Yes, so, Slake, you cling to life through sheer force of will. 
And uh, how does everybody else feel? Barlgura disappears. No. <laughs> My boy. No. Oh, the lightning. The lightning disintegrates Barlgura. Yeah, you see his like ape skeleton like flash through his body oh, and God. then he fucking disappears. Ugh. My boy. My little Hercules. <laughs> I don't know about some, but I'm feeling one. <laughs> Let's make some battle rolls. God. All right, you guys have advantage. So that's going to be a 19 plus four with all of the allies you have on the field now against 14 plus five. So you guys win. Woo! On the other side of the battlefield from where you are now, another cry comes from the forest as the Danmari and Madrian foot soldiers emerge to attack Torva's center, which is in disarray as troops have been pulled every which way to try and defend against all these armies that are crashing down on it. Queen Tenevine leads her soldiers screaming down the hill and into the Torvan army which is strung out and weak. Her soldiers are supported by wooden war machines, which roll forward on treaded wheels with rapid-firing ballista attached to the top. Queen Lilia commands the gnomish engineers that drive these machines forward. They are met by Orestes, who is bleeding and haggard, but still grinning. Tenevine swings her sword and charges the demigod. For Madria, she screams. Get him. Get him. Arrest, Arrest him. him. <laughs> All right. You guys are not looking good. Are, aren't we? <laughs> I'm I'm not terrible. I feel great. Phelan looks wildly around the battlefield and then back up towards the city where the shield is splintering. And he says, as much as I hate to say we need to ignore the dragon for now, he points towards the shield and you see the hole that Torva has made has gotten wider. And he's going to break through any second. Barry? Oh, fuck. Um, okay. Um, so... Oh, we have to get through the firewall, too. Yeah, I'll drop the firewall. It's fine. <laughs> I'll put it... I'll put it in the key, okay? <laughs> it's encrypted, but it's not like... We'll be okay. <laughs> Anyway, so it's Corbin's turn. Um, so I'm going to run out from underneath the dragon because I want to be able to cast Cure Wounds and I have to touch Slake to do so. So I, in my proceedings towards retreatings, um, <laughs> I, I run out from underneath the dragon and I smack Slake on their little shoulder. Or I die instantly. Large <laughs> shoulder. I deal one um, one damage to them. And instantly kill them. But then I also do cast um, cure wounds as a level three spell. Oh hell yeah! And twenty nine points. Dang. For you. I cough up some blood and I uh, I get to my feet and I say, "Thanks, Corbin. Run." <laughs> I saw in Burger Jerger to take Slake, um, and then I turn into a valiant war horse. Yeah. Phelan, 
gets on your back. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You, yes. Like, you turn into a horse and Phelan just immediately like books it toward you yes. and like, grabs your mane and swings up onto your back. I want to get on the horse. <laughs> I whinny loudly and I stomp my feet and I rear up. And uh, Phelan reaches a hand down towards you, Fran. Oh, I grab it and I swing myself up. You guys know that this is like an ultimate like poly fanfic, this is like, right? Yeah, this is, this is like Corbin's like number one fantasy. <laughs> this is absolutely his number one fantasy. And I'm so glad to hear it. And as a reaction, the dragon is going to make a tail attack at oh, all of you shit. guys. Oh, this bitch. Oh my god, it rolled a one. Yeah! Phelan and Fran are on Corbin's back. Flake, you are airborne, speeding towards Mary. Why don't you each make a battle roll for this turn? I want to use prestidigitation to make Corbin just look like fucking terrifying. <laughs> yes. I already look very unsettling as I well. I know, but I mean, I, okay, so I'm going to use illusions to make like fire coming off of the back of Corbin's whole body and like just like smoke rising from his nostrils and his eyes are glowing red. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, roll it. So that is going to be 21. Love it. Corbin, are you... Roll for horse. So I am a horse, and (laughs) I am a war horse. So my highest skill is strength. Yeah. And um, I am going to, as the kids say, clop some soldiers in half. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Providing that I roll well. That's a natural one. Oh, you do not clop anybody. I clop. I clop no one. It's okay. I was. You could say I was clop blocked. Wow. You could, or you know, you could not. (laughs) No. God damn it. Uh, Slake, what do you do from the back of Burger Jerger? Okay, what I would like to do is I would do, like to do a strength check to hold on to Burger Jerger as Burger Jerger does like a cool fucking aerial, like, you know, spin around like a, like a fucking World War II plane. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ooh, okay. A solid 12. It's like you do not fall from Burger Jerker, but you are, uh, yeah. she tries to do a cool spin and then you almost fall off and she like has to dive and catch you. Oh. And uh, so that means it's just going to be straight between the allies and the Torvay forces. One on one. I'm sorry, you guys, you were all the seven. Yeah. So it's going to be seven plus four is 11. And uh, Torva's army, they rolled a one. So, Cat, you're a bastard. Cat, you're a bastard through and through. Cat, you're Holy a through and through bastard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of that silliness. Time for things to get real. Oh, no. As you guys are running up towards the city, you're almost there. The cracks in the shield are getting wider. And suddenly it breaks. It shatters into a hail of golden light, which dissolves as Torva falls onto the city wall and lands with enough force to crack the petrified ring of wood that protects the city. The god of songbirds, Ava, flies overhead and lets out a trill to offer inspiration and Torva grabs a crossbow from a terrified Ilfrin soldier 
and tries to shoot her down. He misses, and she dives out of the way. But even her inspiration is not enough. The troops run as Torva stands very slowly from the crouch he landed in and turns to face his daughter. Mary is alone on the wall. What do you guys do? Um, so I think once we get to the base of the wall, F- Fran immediately, she she's staring up at Mary and she's going to cast Blink and try to teleport to where Mary is. Uh, Fran, you appear at the top of the wall just a few feet away from Mary. She looks back at you and then does a double take and signs, Fran, you need to run. Mary, you need to run. And Torva looks at you both and he looks tired but he's grinning showing all of those obsidian teeth in his beautiful golden face he says oh my dear girls and he uh, tosses aside the crossbow that he took from the elfin soldier I grab Mary's hand I'm so very proud of you both look at you last I saw you I thought you would be drowning in the ocean and now Here you are, leading armies against me. I thought that when I took down Estra, I could just roll over this continent, but you've played the game very well. Gathered followers, pitted them against me, thwarted my schemes. You're a natural at this. I think you've been playing longer than the rest of us, but if I didn't know better. Fran, it's good to see you again. I, You've gotten so powerful. I I spit at his feet, even though I'm shaking really bad. Mary is trembling too, and she holds her ground. Signs with her free hand. This isn't a game. People are dying. People are dead. And Torva shakes his head. Oh no. It is a game. It's always been a game. One that I have been tasked with playing the villain in again and again. This time, though, I figured out that if you don't like the way the game is played, you have to change it. See? All of this struggle, and he motions out towards the battlefield. All of this fight you've put up. All these tantrums to keep me from gaining power. It means nothing in the end. Truly, you should be grateful. Don't forget, it was I who raised you. Had it been up to your mother, your spirit would have been smothered at birth so she could take a powerful corpse to puppet around. I've spent the last 16 years fending her off, and the things I get is a war. Then again, I suppose that's what one signs up for when they have children. And Mary signs, you didn't raise me. You kept me afraid. You told me I was broken because I didn't die when I was born, and you hid me. You let me waste away in that temple, thinking I would never be more than a shadow of my mother. Torva takes another step forward. I did what I had to do. It's bigger than you, don't you see? You are just a conduit to the power of the forces. 
your mother's force and mine. Power I need if I am to free Avalis from their hateful bonds. I'm forced to play this game just as you are. And Fran, can't you see that you have been a pawn in all of this? Chosen by Kai? Taken from your parents? Just to be another one of her powerful puppets? Isn't it better that I helped you see that place for what it really was? A prison where you were kept? You killed all those people. They would have died anyway, eventually. They were nothing, ants. You, you are more powerful than any of them combined. What does that even mean? Well, you're not like them, are you? You're more like me. A bit of the forces, a bit of the void, a bit of this world. Had things been different, perhaps I would have taken you for a vessel, but... Fran takes a step back and kind of cowers behind Mary. And Mary squeezes your hand, Fran. And Torva shakes his head. It is all for naught, anyway. I just want you to help me end it. I will not be free of this burden. This burden to conquer and destroy... Until all of these pathetic mortals are under my control or dead. And every time I think I've won, someone escapes me. Someone brings the world back from the brink. And I'm cast down with orders to try again. I can't go on, girls. You must understand. It all has to end. And Mary shakes her head. No, it doesn't. You think your suffering is more important, more poetic than the suffering you've caused millions of people? Our people? You tore our home from the sky and we survived. You drowned the world and scorched it in flame and quenched it in blood and we survived. We survived and we will always survive because that's what it is to be mortal. You have tried to kill everyone I love. My people, my friends, me. We survived. Human, half-orcs, tieflings, genasi, mortal, all of us. That's me. I'm still here. And Mary looks back at you, Fran, and she lets go of your hand, but smiles at you. And she turns towards Torva, and you feel each word she signs next, like a punch in the gut. My name is Mary, and I am the survivor. A golden light starts at her hands and moves rapidly outward into a ring that surrounds her and Torva. Torva surges forward, his golden face a snarl of black teeth and rage. His hammer comes down toward Mary and strikes her. She staggers back and then surges forward and grabs Torva around the neck. Her mouth opens in a soundless scream that shatters the wall around her and throws soldiers like confetti. Fran, you are sent flying. 
Torva grabs at her hands, and black lines form where his fingers cut into her flesh, but she does not let go. The world around them begins to waver at the edges and distort, going black and pulling inward, sucking in bodies and debris. Fran, you see this wave of force coming toward you, consuming everything in his path. And then Phelan is in front of you. He grabs you and dives towards the ground and looks back. The wave of force is coming too fast. You're not going to make it. He looks back down at you and says, I don't know if this will work. What do you mean? And then your world goes black. And in the distance, you see stars? When the dust clears Corbin and Slake, your ears are ringing. The world tilted sideways and then came back into focus, and the sun has started to rise. The sky above you is pink and blue and gold with a clear early winter sunrise. All around you, Ilfrin's soldiers and their allies are staggering to their feet, wounded but alive. All across the battlefield, the wind howls over a scene that has suddenly slowed and gone still. The allied forces of the continent of Roke stand on the cold, muddy field of the Ilfrin Valley, their swords coming down on combatants who are just gone. They're all gone. In other corners of the world, Torvaic soldiers are waking up in their beds, startling awake as though from a bad dream. They survived. The battle was lost, but somehow they are alive. They are here, home, safe, embraced by their loved ones who cry for the miracle. In Ilfra, praises to the gods ring across the fields as friends in arms mates embrace with hollers of victory. Queen Tenevine drops her sword and rushes across the battlefield to find her wife and pull her from the crushed hull of one of the war machines. She wraps the gnomish woman in her arms and presses a hand to her hair, crying in relief as Lilia embraces her. King Abasi and his son find one another amid the battlefield, and the king grabs his son's bloody face in both his hands and kisses his forehead. Namavi helps Nodric out from where he's pinned under the carcass of a slavir. She nods to him, and he nods back. Many of the orcs died in the first defense, but these two are still alive, and any battle where one orc walks away is a victory. Alden sobs over Haria's corpse, his face pressed into her bristles until Varahara snuffles at his back, then picks him up and cradles the boy in his tusks and takes him back to the forest. Torva is gone. The dragon is gone. Fran and Phelan are gone. Mary is gone. Corbin and Slake, you are left in this quiet aftermath and the stunned silence of the many thousand who witnessed this miracle. Well, okay, I think I would take Burger Jurger and, and fly into where they were, where we last saw them. Yeah, there's nothing down there but rubble and bodies. Corbin, what are you doing? I think as soon as Phelan, because Phelan was on my back, oh, and yeah, then he, he assumedly disappeared, um, mm -hmm. and then seconds later, the wall exploded. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I probably like run gallop over to the wall. And as soon as I don't immediately see Fran or Mary, I start, I turn back into a human boy and I start to frantically search through the rubble to find my buried friends who I Same. assume are in Same. there and buried. <laughs> You spend a few panicked minutes searching until Slake, your hand comes across something in the rubble. It's the tusk of Varahara. They were right here. <laughs> well, there, it's like there's no body. They went somewhere else then. Keep looking. Put the put the stupid tusk down. Corvin like takes the tusk and throws it and keeps digging. I don't I I don't think they're I don't think they're here, Corvin. They're here! You have to keep digging, Slake! Corvin like pushes Slake a little bit because he's very frustrated. <laughs> We can keep looking, but I saw them, and I don't think they they exploded. I think well, Phelan, um, Phelan had uh Fran, and then they were all just I don't know. <laughs> Where would they? Where would they go? I don't where know. They, I... They're here. They're not just gonna disappear. Your friend's right. And you look both over, and you see Dawson is there, and he has caught the tusk in one little hand. Oh, Corbin is. You guys know, like in an anime, when the main character gets really, really angry, and there's like a black miasma coming off of them. <laughs> That's Corbin when he turns to look at Dawson. <laughs> they're not gone. They're just not here. Stop crying. Where are they? They are where things don't exist. It's fine. We all go there sometimes. Thank you for um, the task. Can, can I roll perfect. to attack Dawson with my yeah. stick? Okay, yeah. I'm just gonna do that. <laughs> A uh, nineteen to hit, cat. Uh, yeah, you hit him. Okay, <laughs> I smack him with my spear in the head, and I deal. Hold on, I'm gonna roll for damage. Give me just a second. <laughs> I do eight damage to his face, and I say, um, "Shut the fuck up with your fucking games and tell us where they are." That's rude. That's incredibly rude to hit me. And he rubs his jaw where you hit him. Are you happy now? Is this fun for you? Uh, Dawson blinks and shrugs. I suppose. War is never fun, but I survived it and that makes it good enough. You got what you wanted. I did. I did get what I wanted. (sighs) He holds up the tusk and looks at it and he says, Yes. This will do perfectly. And he uh, tosses it over his shoulder and it disappears. And he walks over to you, Slake, and uh, holds out his hand for yours. I, I look at him in cold disgust and I give him my hand. 
And he undoes the bindings that Mary put over your hand to cover up the coin and plucks it out of your skin as though you were just holding the coin for him. Then he flicks it and it hits you in the forehead. I take back my hand and rub it. (sighs) Now, both of you, stop all of this. You've done me a great favor. And while normally I do not give anything away for free, I'd like to keep you around for a bit, and frankly, I would like your friend Mary on my side in the things to come. So, here is what I will give you. And uh, he pulls out from his pocket a map. says, Your friends are where things do not exist. They are in the void. That is what we call it, the place that is not. All gods have their own niche there. Torva has his world, his pocket of the void. Mary, I don't know if she has hers. She may have gotten sent to Kai's or sent to Torva's. But either way, she is no longer in this world. And short of, well, some very complicated things that I don't think she'll be able to do just yet, she'll need to be summoned back. You can't do that just anywhere. You have to go to a god's temple to summon them, and your friend doesn't have one. However... This, and he hands over the map, says, We'll show you the way to the place where Estra once was. We call it the Great Crater now, because nobody is particularly creative when they come up with naming things. And uh, when you unfurl this map, there is a spot marked on the continent over, the continent of Vola. It is in the south in a great desert. says, So, go there, awake Mary from the place from whence she originally came, or at least from whence her power originally came. As for your other friend, that's going to be a bit trickier. Mortals can't come and go from the void or that which is not. In fact, they can't survive there particularly well. I think you, I dear bird boy, had a first-hand account of that. I survived well enough, thank you. But she has enough magic in her, I think. From her mother and from Kai, she'll probably be fine. Plus, she's got that boy with her. Once they find a way back, I'm sure she'll be right as rain and in your arms. That's not really where I want her, but I'm gonna fucking kill Phelan. But... What I wish for in return this time is perhaps a bit less tangible. Put in a good word for me when the world ends. Absolutely. Um, Kat, can I please roll a deception? Yeah. 17. He'll roll an insight. He rolled a natural one. He believes you. (laughs) Fuck yes! What an idiot. (laughs) Idiot. Well, then I'll take my leave. If you make it to the port of... Roval, uh, perhaps there'll be somebody there who can lend you a hand. That's all. Thank you for the tusk. And he walks away across the battlefield and winks out of sight. Corbin wants to go see Alden. 
And now that he knows Fran and Mary aren't dead, he's probably going to just fully emotionally close off. So he just silently starts walking towards the forest where Alden went. I'm definitely going to follow him. (laughs) Okay. Burger Jurger swoops down to land on your shoulder, Corbin. And uh, she looks back at Slake. And Slake Darius wriggles out of your pocket to look ahead. And the four of you walk towards the forest. A place that, unlike the ruined battlefield and broken city, feels safe. You're down two members of your party and there's more fighting to come before you're reunited with your friends. But today was a victory. In the streets of Ilfra, soldiers run back to their homes to hug their loved ones. People are crying, praising the gods for a victory that the gods didn't earn. You earned it. You led these armies together to stop Torva for now, anyway. But you'll do it again. Because you're the Guardians. Fran will return in Arc 7, Age of Ultron. <laughs>